Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this episode, we are going to focus on what me and Jay got down to watching. Jay has a new indie film that he wants to bring up in What Are You Watching? And we'll see if I can come up with a fake synopsis for it. Do a little bit of Jay's indie corner in there. And then we're going to get into this week's news. So after this episode, uh, within about 24 to 48 hours, we'll have the second part of this episode drop. That's where we'll do our movie homework, which was submitted by our patron Dylan uh, for Rock and Rolla and then we'll also have our review for the other Guy Ritchie film that we watched this week The Gentleman and then of course we will be counting down our top five contemporary British directors so that will all be in the second part of this episode which will drop just a few short days after this one so before we get into that I had a pretty busy week end and week it was my wife's birthday and I went axe throwing my friend that's what my wife wanted to do on her at her? her? <laughs> yeah, I wish. just a few times times you know, <laughs> they really shouldn't let you drink alcohol when you're extra this is something i learned because yeah. there's a few times where lauren's walking back from getting her axe and i'm just like chucking mine and like at one point i, I still have never done it i didn't sink the axe into the wood and it bounced off and it like rolled like right Ooh. to lauren's feet and she like looked at me and she's like if you strike me down i shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine what the fuck <laughs> I was like, I still get the insurance money, even if I'm the one that kills you, as long as it's an accident, as long as it's an accident. But it was a good time. So I wanted to drop a shout out before that, because we met a great guy there, the assistant manager. This is at the Bury the Hatchet in Ben Salem, and his name was Mike. Pennsylvania. He's the, he's the assistant manager, and he he was absolutely fantastic. His nickname, his nickname is Axehole. So <laughs> he's like, if Love you- it. He's like, anything you do, you leave a TripAdvisor you know, report or you go on Yelp and you leave a positive review and stuff like that. It helps him out. So we did both because he was such a fantastic guy. And I figured I'd drop a line to him on the show. Beautiful. I gave him, I wrote down the show's name and stuff like that, told him to check it out. So hopefully he does and he listens to this and he knows that I had a fantastic time. He was great. He tried to show me how to throw an axe so many times. It turns out I'm the type of guy that doesn't want to be told what to do. I just want to fucking do it. And not think about it. Because, Jay, the first axe I threw, he's like, all right, I just want everyone to throw it on their own. Let's see where your skill level's at. I pick I pick up a, a hatchet, and I throw it one-handed at the board. And, I, and I'm and i not kidding you. This is not – I sunk it right in the bullseye. And he's like, oh, that's what's up. Right? And then he's like – but then he's like, you know, but he's, he's like, he's like you, you know, you sunk it in a little high. You might want to step back a little further. And he's like, you might want to, like, follow through a little bit more and stuff like that. 
as soon as he started coaching me and getting in my head, I could not sink an axe like the whole rest of the fucking day. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. But then once I started drinking beer and not caring, and I was just like having a conversation with him and with my wife while we're doing it, we were the only people in the place, by the way. It was just me, my wife, and Mike. It was, Does that hurt your hands after no, a while? No, like, so you're actually not flicking your wrist at all. Like, don't, if you flick your wrist, you're going to throw it in the dirt or you're going to put too much spin on it and it won't sink. You're literally just like, just, right, so imagine you're like at a Braves game. Oh, right? like and a tomahawk. And you're doing the tomahawk, right? Ah, uh, right? okay. Yeah, but yeah. so you're just throwing it and you're releasing at the right time and it should only do like one revolution before it hits the board. So, gotcha. It was, it's good stuff. Uh, I, we had, a, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I won most of the games that we did. Uh, however, Lauren did beat me when it came to just playing for points so but it was it was oh, it was a good, good time for her. yeah it was a good it was a good time got to throw got to throw a hatchet got to throw a tomahawk got to throw like a legit fucking giant axe which is which is fucking cool i had done it one other time before at a bachelor party so and then i <laughs> ate at a uh, vegan restaurant and i got violently ill afterwards like everybody's sick around me i know like and i'm I, waiting for my time and i don't blame the food because it's food that i've eaten like before and lauren ate the same exact food and didn't get sick so i don't blame that i don't know what it was i don't know whether i just came down with something but i spent the better part of my morning just that time of year just calling up dinosaurs man i was like in the bathroom And, and when I throw up, like I sound like a velociraptor when I throw up. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you remember, you remember uh, Jurassic Park three, where like the kid like fi- they they three D print the uh, the raptor resonating chamber and are able to, to make calls. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like when I vomit. Are you like forcing it up, kind of thing? Is no, like- I just I, I'm not used to vomiting. It's not something that yeah, I do, and like, I, I think I'm fighting it at the same time that it's coming out, right. and I'm just like. <laughs> Hey, we all know you are a horrible sick person. I am. You're a big baby. I'm a big baby. I spent the entire day like in bed uh, and just like I just schwitzing. Like I I, I turned the heater up all the way because I was so cold and then I fell asleep and then by the end like I was I was just a puddle of, of sweat. I was just so and but. I started feeling better after I sweated out. So it's good. It was, it was good stuff. So, but I was a bit busy week, but we had it. We had a lot of fun. So I believe Lauren put up some pictures of us ax throwing up on Instagram. So everyone can go over there and check them out. So that, so that's what I got up to now, before we get into the rest of the show, before we start getting into what are you watching? Jay, we actually got a new iTunes review. We so did. I want to thank Deshaun. 7889 for leaving us a five-star review. He wrote, The Super Mario Bros are out of luck. The superior super movie bros are here to entertain your week with podcast episodes. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's good stuff. So yeah, I really want to thank him for doing that. It it means it means a lot. We need the reviews. That's what helps us get found. That's what helps us get seen. So if you're enjoying the show, if this is your your second episode, your third episode that you're checking us out, or if you've been checking us out for months, but you never got over there and you never wrote us a five star review on your podcatcher of choice, then please make sure that you do so because we sorely need it. And it makes us feel good. Look, I feel reinvigorated and I've been sick all day, but just reading that made me feel so much better. Good enough to fuck your mother. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. It's like it's like the best antibiotic is to have someone just just fillet your ego. <laughs> I've actually I've actually come across a couple of people this week that actually pointed that out to me as well. They said that they like to show a lot of some new people. Um, didn't read, you know, didn't write any reviews. Didn't review, I, I probably right. should suggest that a little bit more. But personally, they came to me and they said they really liked it a lot and they thought. Well, it was, thank you, 
random stranger. Yes. Yes. So thank you. Leave us a review. (laughs) Or Jay will fucking find you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, man. Let's get started with you. What'd you get down to watching this week? Well, I kind of stumbled across this short film from Olivia Wilde. Now, we all know that Booksmart was my number two film of 2019, and she directed this short film, 10 minutes long, I believe, called Wake Up, and it stars Margaret Qualley. She was uh, the hippie girl playing now, up against Brad Pitt. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This was funded at, by HP, and it's basically a commercial for HP, per se. Yes, okay. and it's actually, ironically, kind of like a, um, a warning you know, there's not really any kind of dialogue at all, and it kind of goes through this. You know, was it was it like woman? Was it like a warning to to update your your Adobe uh, <laughs> your Adobe virus protection? Essentially, <laughs> to get your head out of the screen. Uh, uh, what the and live fu- life? Look, HP. I, I I use your products. You want me in your <laughs> and screen. And that's so I. You want me in your screen. You know that's that's I'm my job. That, that's my job. That's your job to make me want to be in the screen. Telling a cautionary tale it's, it's, how I shouldn't use your screen is not good advertising. Look, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's very fun. It's very poetic. It's very beautiful. Um, and it's only ten minutes. Is, I think it's worth watching. Is it as ham fisted as "Don't fuck with cats" that I talked about last week, where the lady's like, you know, am I wrong? Are you? Do you spend too much time on the screen? Do you? It, does get, it, it got me a little bit at the end there. It's a little emotional. It's a little emotional. All right, fair enough. It's, fair it's enough. a nice little. It's a nice little feature. All yeah. right, all right, perfect. I well, you did send me the link. I just didn't check it out. Like I did. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. If somebody has some ten minutes to spare and wants to throw something on their screen really quick after you know at work on break, right. ten minutes. That's it. You can find it on YouTube. Just look up. Wake up. Don't say on your break. Watch it while you're taking a shit. <laughs> But make sure you take probably your, even better. Make sure you take your headphones because it's super awkward when you walk in to take a piss and there's someone just watching videos on their phone while they're taking a shit. I don't know why that's weird, but I don't want to hear about anything. I would that's prefer going that. On. Yeah, no, I wa- it drowns out all the awkward sounds and the nuance, like <laughs> every little nook and cranny of someone. Oh, you assume that everybody who takes a shit at work is actually dropping dropping deuce? No, dude, you, <laughs> that's where you that's where you go for a little bit of like just me time. I guess I never really had right that kind of job uh, where you have time just to like pop off somewhere and like dude i i work out of a car so like i'm on the road like a lot so it's very i don't i don't have moments to do that when i come home from work well, I, you, I have a 20 to get away with it in the car but I have, you don't have to like go to the office bathroom and try to no, hide out and, when like, i come home that's when I, that's when i have my 20 to 25 minute long like mm. just sit on the throne and play around on my phone and and drown out anything else that was bothering me that day or anything that's going to be coming up the whole rest of the night that i'm gonna have to fucking deal with <laughs> understand it's about 20 minutes just to deal with shit. How come I don't smell anything? It's because I shoved an Altoid up my ass before I came in here. I mean, Let me see then. What? Let me see. No, I'm not going to let you see. You're not going to let me see because you're not taking a poop. I've been flushing as I go. You're flushing as you go. Who takes a half hour to go to the bathroom? John Goodman. So uh, maybe maybe next time I go to drop a deuce, I should I should definitely check out this short film by Olivia Wilde. All right, so I got around to uh, watching some Apple TV. I know I said I wasn't going to get it, but I did. I did. I got it to watch Morning Show because it's nominated for like every fucking award that a TV show could be nominated for under the sun. 
every mm-hmm. single actor that was in it has been nominated for something practically uh, and it was just getting such rave reviews friends that I trust who review who review shows and 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 talk about media really enjoyed it you really enjoyed it so I was like I did 499 12 episodes or 10 episodes yeah all right it's gonna be worth it so I did I, I got Apple TV and I watched through the entire series and I gotta say it is a fantastic show I don't know if the story is fantastic I think you know and I don't want to come off bad here I think it's subject matter has lofted it to a height that is probably greater than what the sum of its parts It took liberties. It took liberties. It definitely does. It definitely did. Like, when I was watching it, I I kept thinking of Newsroom, and I was like, that is a far better show. (laughs) Like, you know, because it tackles multiple topics, but it's more about the characters and stuff. This, like, I... The acting was top notch. Don't get me wrong. I love the characters because the way the actors were portraying them, but the story that was going on around it... It, it did feel a little bit fantasy. It felt a little bit. It felt a little bit too much. Felt like it took a lot of liberties with with the subject matter and stuff right. like that. But I I, I do feel like that yeah. the the political statements being made by this show, which I agree with all of them a hundred percent, have have garnered it more attention than maybe it would have if it was about anything else. With all the same sum of its parts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I wonder about a season two. Like, what do you tackle at that point, right? Like, like what comes after this? Because you've already talked about the most zeitgeisty, you know, political statement that you can make about about our, you know, about our our society right now. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure either. I'm I'm just like I think it's gonna be a little bit mixture of fallout slash equality in the workplace. Right. I think that's the only way you can go from there. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense. I do I do admit that I worry, and this happens with me a lot, and you you can attest to this that the hype behind this this TV show may have set me up for something that I I understand that that sure. that, that I was you know I not that I wasn't ready for but like maybe maybe I was expecting such perfection and such such greatness that like now I, I I'm dogging on it but really I would give the show an A you know what I'm saying like this show this show is an A like I I enjoyed it thoroughly me and my wife practically binge watched it in two days it's just it is that kind of show I yeah. don't think like looking at all the accolades that it's receiving I was like are there other shows out there this year that deserve more than this I don't know because well, I'm not a big TV I th- viewer. I, th- I think a lot of the credit goes to how pretty well han- han- how, how they handled the situation it's about the whole Me Too movement. Absolutely. And being so close to Hollywood itself. Yeah. And then making that so closely from, from when that started two years ago. And, you know, it's, and it's, 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 uh, it's, so it's a difficult for, watch sometimes. Here's a question for, for you because you've seen it. Am I supposed to like Billy Crudup's character, Corey? Am I supposed to absolutely love him? I Because I do. You, I know. <laughs> Because I love him. He's a slime ball. He is a great, interesting but, slime ball. But he is, he's on the right side of this for the wrong reasons. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I but love him. I love him. He's he's a mystery box yeah. that you just can't 100% I love figure that out all the he's, time. He's, the, the, whole he's season. the president of entertainment and stuff at their network. And I love of the like scene. development or something. Yeah. I love the scene where he's talking to all the people who just spent like all this money to make this show. And he's talking about how like sometimes you bring a guy up from the minors to show him that he can't do it. You pay all this money to develop him, and then you bring him up there and show him that he can't do it. So go home. That's what I'm saying. We're not picking this up for series. <laughs> he spent like millions of dollars to develop this TV show, and then he goes on to tell somebody that it was perfect. It probably would have It probably would have made millions. They probably would have made the network millions, but I just wasn't feeling it <laughs> because his heart was too into the news, and he wanted to, he wanted to own yeah. it all. He wanted it all, and I loved it. I loved him for it. He was, he was a, a very driven, passionate person who 
had a, I get, I he say en- narrow vision, tunnel vision, but it's uh, to some degree. Uh, he ended every negative interaction with the world's cheesiest smile, and like know, he just wanted I to know. punch him in the face. Like he I was like, "Because you're my fall guy." And he just smiles real big. And I was like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I love Billy. Billy Crudup can be so good sometimes. And he was great. I I loved him more as the dick that he played in this show than I did as his big blue dick in in Watchmen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jay, what else did you get down to watching this week? I actually got to finally see Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory is an award season movie. It is directed and written by Pedro Amadovar. Now, he is a very, very well-acclaimed, internationally famous Spanish filmmaker. Let's not get this confused with, pain, with, with pain and Gain, right. <laughs> the Michael Bayford movie with, uh, and, yes. with The Rock and, uh, and Mark Wahlberg. Let's not get it confused with that. Yes, please don't. Um, so he's done like a lot of different kinds of Spanish films, like you know, Valver, um, The Skin I Live In, you know, a lot of things with... Penelope Cruz, but also Antonio Banderas. Now, they are both also featured in this movie, but this is like a semi-autobiographical film of him playing essentially... Like, so Antonio Banderas is playing the director, and he is older, he's renowned, he hasn't done much because he's got a lot of issues, and he's reflecting back upon his childhood, but also his development in his career and his depression and pain of his mother's death over uh, the last couple of years. And it flashes back and forth between those different time periods. And it's one of those majestical poetic films that is so well done and, and executed and acted. And it's, it's just gorgeous. And I absolutely was shocked and surprised and loved this movie so much. Um, it was really a nice little surprise. I certainly highly recommend seeing this movie if you uh, if you want to go and check out a nice Spanish feature, and it is called Pain and Glory. All right, fair enough, man. I stayed quiet through all that. I've heard of the I've heard of this director. An- Antonio is is uh, nominated heard, for an Academy Award. I've heard this. of Volver. I've heard like I I've heard of In Her Skin. Like it's like oh I've heard I've heard of these things. I've I've never saw any of them, so I can't add anything intelligent to your conversation. The Skin I Live In is the only other skin one I, I saw, live, that's and that's like a horror movie. Very interesting weird movie but like really i'm really getting confused well with the scarlett johansson one where oh in her skin i think it's called uh under 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 her yeah. skin or that's under. the one where she's nude in it's the yes. one yeah so everyone she's plays an alien you're in welcome. human flesh yeah it's species part five species yes. but yeah just with just it's better, an intriguing just film <laughs> it's it's some people really dug that movie, and I, I oh, it was, I appreciated when we were doing what it was trying to do. I didn't love it though. When we were doing our horror films uh, back in October, that was one that kept coming up, and I didn't see it, so it couldn't go on any list. But uh, all right, Jay. So I watched another Apple TV show. Mm-hmm. I watched Truth Be Told. So Truth Be Told stars Octavia Spencer and Aaron Paul, and it is about a. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who is doing a podcast. She does like a deep introspective podcast and she takes a look back at a case that she that she investigated and did a lot of writing on and actually won the Pulitzer for back in 1999. It was the case of a young man, Warren Cave, who was accused of killing his neighbor. Um, and she went on a tirade on him, writing multiple articles about how terrible of a person he was and how he is basically the embodiment of not only white privilege, but also an evil monster. Uh, and she's the reason that he wound up being tried as an adult in a locked in adult jail at the age of 17, forcing him to become Aryan Brotherhood 
within prison to protect himself. And she now wants to reopen the case because some new evidence came to her mind during an appeal trial that she went to go witness. And she saw something in a video there that made her believe that possibly Warren Cave, who's played by Aaron Paul, is innocent. Mm. And it, it follows them through this through this entire investigation and stuff like that. False leads, red herrings, uh, and of course, interpersonal turmoil on all sides. Both Aaron Paul's character of Warren Cave and Octavia Spencer's character of Poppy Parnell. Uh, so I gotta say, it's extremely melodramatic. Um, the investigation, while interesting is also extremely surface level. They don't get into the deep invest like a lot of investigative clues come to them by happenstance. She happens to know somebody who knows somebody who was involved with this case back in the day. Okay. Um there's a, a lot of that stuff and there's even a scene that really bothered me a lot. It's towards the end where her and another character who I'll I'll leave nameless not to spoil it go basically find a a important piece of evidence and they they dig it up and they take it they take it out of the ground and they're touching it and they're looking at it and i was thinking like you are meant to turn this over to the police to overthrow warren cave's case so that he can be released but you've just tampered with evidence their evidence that they're going to use against the next person they're convicting for this genius which would be completely inadmissible and this show that's about a, a pulitzer prize winning investigative author who who has worked with the police multiple times has done many type of similar investigations is here mucking around with this shit when she should absolutely know that just by you uncovering it in the ground, you've practically already sowed the seeds of doubt that this will be admissible in court and and releasing the guy you're trying to release. Yeah, you think she would know better. Yeah, so like there's there's moments like that throughout this investigation, and and that's the most egregious one. But there's other moments like that throughout this investigation where I'm just like, you're supposed to be a smart person, like you're supposed to be, like, and and I just felt like. It was it was story beats just to get to the end of the story and uh, and mainly the story they're trying to tell is about their interpersonal stories you know Octavia Spencer's character her relationship with her family and Aaron Paul's relationship with his family and it's all about fucked up families and right. But I never felt any of that, man. The only thing I cared about was the investigation, but that was so regulated to B plot that it was, I was, I just wasn't down with it. If it was wonderfully acted, I might have liked it more. Octavia Spencer was fine. Aaron Paul was pretty damn good in it. It just sounds like everything is just fine. Yeah. And some character choices just didn't make sense. But it's also yeah. like, it, it, it's also very of the time, right? Where, where yeah. true crime podcasts are like ruling the airwaves. And that's not me speaking from a place of, you know, jealousy and hate over the amount of listeners that true crime podcasts get. Jealous? Well, no. You're jealous. I have thought about doing a true crime podcast just for download numbers oh, and, I know ad, you did. and ad money and stuff like that. But honestly, I, th- I thought it'd be great. Honestly, like it, it, it's just it, it's just going with what's hot right now. And they're trying to tell a very contemporary story with what's hot right now to get people hooked. And I got hooked based on it's uh, based on, you know, what it also the, sounds like a cheap show to produce. It was with just two big name actors that, you know, but in the end, I hopefully just, I just wasn't goods. I just wasn't buying a, a lot of it. And they didn't give me enough background story for me to to buy these emotional moments, these emotional turns that they're trying to throw at me. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough backgrounds given. There wasn't enough uh, enough enough built up for me to understand it and care about it. And in the end, I wasted it was eight episodes. They're roughly 
a half hour to 40 minutes each. So it's not a terrible waste of time. But, you know, it did wind up eating up close to five, six hours of my of my sick day. I watched it all in one day. And, and, and when I was done, I was like, I was hoping that like by the end, I would be like that. That was great. What a twist. You know, like what? The? But I saw the twist coming back in like episode five. So you are good at that. I, I'm too good <laughs> at that at times. But I, I just wasn't. I just wasn't sold on it. I don't think that you know. As far as Apple Plus goes, you're getting it for the morning show so far. That that that's what I've seen. That's what you're doing. RJ, anything else that you got down to watching this week? Yeah, actually, I got a another movie I saw. I heard about over the last. Uh, probably a year, year, maybe even two years. And I saw it come up on a couple of our friends' lists of their top movies in 2019. And they finally caught up with it. And it's called Climax. Why is this a movie that is part of everybody's everybody's uh, top list? Because I, I honestly, it's, you mentioning it right now, this is the first time I've even heard of this movie, which means I'm a terrible movie podcaster. But, you know, it's, well, it's, that's already been known. He, <laughs> You know, he's done Enter the Void. This is... This oh, I've is, seen that. Yeah. It's a horror the, film. Well, this one is kind of a horror film as well. All right. He's done Love. Love was a... Uh, <laughs> is that movie that actually was very well-known because it was 3D and there was actual sex and you see an ejaculate come oh, <laughs> at I, the screen in 3D. I've heard about that. And, and <laughs> that's the one where they had to, they couldn't use the real actors for that because of the Screen Actors Guild. They had to actually bring in porn actors to do that. that I was, think that was Nymphomaniac. Ah, who cares? I think this was actually like Jay, real. Let's be clear here. Sex, by the way. I'm just saying. Th- this belongs. It's very French. This belongs <laughs> in a completely different segment. Not what are you watching? This belongs in Jay's Indie Corner. All right, buddy. So you're now here. You got your square frame spectacles on. You got your suspenders. You've poured yourself a nice bourbon neat, yes. and you're going to sit here. You're going to wax intellectual on this French film, as you call it, called Climax. But before you start getting into that, Jay, I have a brief synopsis for you, a fake synopsis, but Please. based on based on title alone, this is my synopsis. <laughs> so we all know that the greatest part of of any sexual act is the climax, and this takes place in a near-to-future time. Some would say the chase. Some would say the chase, right? <laughs> it, this takes place in a near-future time where there is a group of, of young upstart scientists who are developing a drug that completely takes your your climax to a whole different level think about ayahuasca trip think about mushrooms peyote like it takes you to a a, to an ethereal plane right and then the the ramifications of of that is that now you all become sex addicts because you're all chasing that high every time that you do it while you're on this drug and there's some drugs out there right now that that claim to do that for, for for men they claim to boost your virility and boost the amount of ejaculate that comes out and that it actually makes it feel better uh, most of them actually cause an allergic reaction to your private parts and that's why that's why it, it feels that way uh, and it's more engorged but uh, these scientists are actually developing something that is only activated when the cl- when you climax and the dopamine center in your brain kicks in you have that big rush that's when this drug becomes active 
addictive and floods your brain with dopamine and absolutely causes you to have the most euphoric moments that you could ever have, ever. But what happens when the entire society starts getting addicted to this drug, Jack? What happens? What happens? That's the that's the whole point of the story, right? <laughs> it starts off as a bunch of like young upstart scientists developing this drug that takes the world by storm, and then next thing you know, they're looking out the windows, and it's very much like a zombie apocalypse, but it's basically just people running around just horny as shit, just jerking off and fucking masturbating everywhere, and they're like... What have I wrought? Like, you know, it's it's like the Oppenheimer quote. Now I am Shiva, bringer of death. <laughs> that, that's what the creator All of, right, the, David. That's All what right. the creator of the atomic bomb uh, yes, said after yes. the atomic bomb fell. Yes. You know, I am I, I am the bringer of death. Mm, so that's mm. that's what these scientists are left are left to think about. Like sometimes science goes too far. <laughs> And you've wheeled it like a kid who's found his dad gun, and now you're going to package it, and you're going to patent it, and then you're selling it. Well, you're going to sell it. Okay, Dave. <laughs> let's let's push through this. Okay. Okay. But that's that's my brief synopsis. It's Thank a movie you. I would watch. Yes. Well, oh, well wouldn't we all? <laughs> it's a movie I would watch. <laughs> so and, There'd be uh, so much man bush in it. You would, oh, like, you, all right. I'm in. It would be, it would be X-rated, for sure. For sure. You know? Cause, Lots uh, of back hair. As always, comfortable. as always on Super Movie Bros, we'd believe that there is not a fair opportunity for male nudity in media as there is this female is true. nudity. I agree. I so, agree. But Jay, what is Climax actually about? Uh, well, this one follows 20 French dancers and they re- are they, they're, they're so they're actually in a remote warehouse like an old school building rehearsing trying to prepare for this wildly contemporary dance so i was way off <laughs> way off it's shot in a one take for the first 10 minutes of the dance and it's phenomenal it's hypnotic it's like it's really stunning work and then it cuts to each of the 20 people and these are all non-actors besides like sophia batella you know the uh, super villain chick. She's really hot, and she. So you know, I'm sorry. Her name. Her name is Sophia Patella. So her name is Sophia Knee. Mm. Because Patella is the is the scientific oh, word for knee. So her that's name right. is Sophia Knee. She's been in like Kingsman and you know Tommy Blonde. No point, and at no point like does that, she get on her does she get on her knees to to kind of fit her into my <laughs> fake synopsis. There's there's <laughs> shenanigans happen because after the dance. Like I said, they actually cut to a lot of interviews of why they love dancing, what they get into, and then it kind of starts getting a little off base, and they start riffing on each other, gossiping all over the place. So it's a lot like the documentary I watched last week, Cheer. <laughs> right, but it, it was, but it's weird because it was shot in like a like almost like an interview type setting, like you're like in front of a camera, set up stage, and it goes, cut, cuts back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then it cuts completely away from that and it's back into the you know the dance area and everybody's just congratulating each other they have this punch bowl sangria and they start passing it around until suddenly they realize somehow it was laced with lsd and so that's I was somewhat right you i know i was waiting for it i was waiting for it and that's when the movie goes off the rails batshit crazy and classic gasper noel like notes like style of just trippy hypnotic chaos i got something right i'm super excited about that from violence to sex to fear to horror to things that you don't know what the fuck is going on things that go bump in the night and it is madness all right it's one of those trippy things where i liked i guess you could say i like i i I liked the (laughs) first half yeah and then it just goes so. Sounds like sounds like you and I wild. would be opposite. I would like the second half, and you would yeah. be like, yeah, you like the first half where story means something, and then the second half where right. it's like, 
Nope, everything is just fucked up. But, but Enter the Void is very much like the same it's a, way. It's, it's like, obviously like a horror movie. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. And it's and you know it's 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 certainly mesmerizing. It's one of a kind type of film, and I understand why it was on some of those guys' lists. I want to say it might have been actually on Justin from Epic Film Guys' uh, list, and I think somebody right. else. He's a big horror. Aficionado. I think somebody else as well. And In they were, session film podcast, maybe. Right. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who it might have been. It was somebody else. Don't worry. But anyway, um, it was. We already dropped plugs for on this show buddy <laughs> one of a kind film i would i would caution anybody who goes into seeing this film but uh yeah if you're in, inclined for a very trippy experimental horror film french film check out climax all right man fair enough so uh other than that the last thing that i watched this week and i'm not i'm gonna be extremely brief with this was i watched an anime a korean uh animated film that's called soul station it is the it came out in 2016 it is the prequel to train to busan so Mm. obviously i saw that and I was like, oh, I'm all about this. I am going to jump on this. I'm going to watch it because I'm, I'm I'm hoping for something similar or akin to Train to Busan. You know what made that stand out? What made that so perfect of a horror movie? I was I was kind of hoping to recapture that in an animated style. It, it wasn't there. It wasn't the same. The story wasn't the same. I didn't I didn't fall in love with the characters in the same way. I don't know if animation in this case took it away for me. But you know, if you are a huge big fan of Train to Busan like I was, and you're extremely looking forward to Train to Busan two, which is filming currently. Oh, it's currently it's filming. in production. Okay, and should be coming out within the next couple of years. I don't know when it'll come to the U.S. because there was a bit of a stagger between when it was released in South Korea and when it came out in the U.S. Same with Parasite and most korean films you know definitely check it out because it can whet your appetite while you wait for for train to busan 2 to come out but understand that it is not the same film it's not from the same filmmaker it is just from the same studio trying to capitalize on their property while people wait for the sequel they produced this actually it came out i believe train to busan was 2016 this came out in 2016 as well but it is now streaming on amazon prime if you want to check it out and it's called soul station soul as in seoul south korea mm, not soul right, as right, in right. save your soul <laughs> all right jay that's gonna do it for what we were watching this week it sounds like you had a much better time watching things than i did a lot of middling things for me other than the morning show which i do think everyone does need to check out mm-hmm. especially going into the award season you want to know why all these people are nominated it's for it's for damn good reason so let's head over jay let's get into our news oh yeah This episode of Super Movie Brothers is brought to you by Blowfish, the only over-the-counter FDA-approved hangover cure. We've been using Blowfish for years, and it works great after a long night of drinking. You work hard during the week and deserve to blow off some steam on the weekends, but you don't have to suffer the Sunday morning hangover blues if you use Blowfish. So head over to 4hangovers.com, that's F-O-R, hangovers.com, and use the promo code SMBFISH at checkout to get your discount on the Miracle Hangover Cure. Now, back to the show. Thank you for 
suffering through that brief ad from our sponsor, Blowfish. But uh, me and Jay do have some news that we want to go through. Some of them rumors. Some of them are very confirmed stuff. And some of it is more speculation on me and Jay's part. But let's get into it. So, Jay, the first bit of news I want to talk about, it's more Star Wars. I'm going to try to put all the Star Wars, I'm going to load level that up front, and then we'll get into the rest of the news. So, first up, the trailer for the final Star Wars, The Clone Wars series has dropped. So, the the Season 7 to Clone Wars, which is the finale to Clone Wars, it will be premiering on February 21st on Disney+. Plus. Why is this important? Why does this matter? It's because so much of what is going to happen in this season ties into Star Wars as a whole, but also probably has a lot to do with what was going on in The Mandalorian okay. as well. Because this is going to talk about the Siege of Mandalore. Ahsoka Tano and Rex, who are both characters throughout the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and are big fan favorites, are sent by the Jedi Council to Mandalore mm-hmm. to kind of help it fight off the Separatists. And also Darth Maul who is currently sitting on the throne of Mandalore. He is Mandalore's leader. He is the Mandalore and the possessor of the Darksaber currently. So uh, he, they're going there to take him out. Gotta it's love gonna, that Darksaber. But you also gotta love the fact that it's, that it's Ahsoka Tano who is this, she's almost a mythic character at this point because she's never shown up in any of the movies. She's never referenced or anything like that. But she is the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. So she has huge ties to the Skywalker legacy and the Skywalker walker saga but also darth maul who we've seen peppered in throughout canon for a long time we've known that from the beginning of the clone wars the clone wars brought him back in season three or season four he got brought back to life he amassed this power of all the crime lords and everything like that took over mandalore killed pre vizsla the 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 leader of death watch and we know that death watch were those that rescued the mandalorian from from that series so there's going to be ties in there to it and that's why it's kind of a little bit important but also so, Jay, it's one of my, my favorite pieces of Star Wars media in the past couple years. It's going to be a lot of fun to check out. It's I believe it's going to be roughly 12 to 13 episodes. That's it. And but what I what I love is that it is I mean, it's, it's kind of like the end. What it seems like based on this trailer that we've seen, I'm not going into a full trailer park for it, is a lot of scenes are mirror images of scenes that happened in Revenge of the Sith, just seeing it from a different character's point of view. So a lot of this is going to tie into Revenge of the Sith and lead up to that order 66 that is given and of course rex is a clone himself so we're going to find out how he removed his behavioral chip and saved ahsoka tano allowing her to go on in the star wars legacy and we still don't know whether ahsoka tano is dead yet or not we did hear her voice in the rise of skywalker however dave filoni the creator of the character and the creator of this series was like that doesn't mean she's dead That doesn't mean we're done with her. That doesn't mean that her story can't go on. So it's going to be interesting to check out. And if you've been a big Star Wars fan and a and a big you know Clone Wars fan, you're definitely going to want to check this one out. Soon the galaxy will be remade. The Jedi and the Republic. news story. All right, Jay, keeping up with the Star Wars vein, we did a brief news story last week about Colin Trevorrow's script, which was uh, called Duel of the Fates. First off, love that name. Love that it was called Duel of the Fates. Homage to the song that uh, John Williams did for The Phantom Menace. It's that awesome bum bum 
dun, 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 during that Darth Maul fight. Oh, it's a badass song. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome title. Uh, it, Colin Trevorrow took the Twitter social media and he did confirm that that leaked script was his script. That is what he was planning. There was a lot of things that were different. Emperor Palpatine was involved, as we said last week. However, he was involved in a hologram. But the most interesting part is to tie in the Clone Wars again, they would have ended this the movie on the planet Mortis, which is a planet that kind of exists outside of the known galaxy and it is where the father the brother and the sister live the father is meant to keep the balance while the sister is the embodiment of light and the brother is the embodiment of the dark and they would have both been there where their powers are heightened and they would have fought and it was it it would have been extremely interesting but it's deep lore into star wars probably would have been too much for a lot of casual fans and i don't say that as a negative way towards anybody who only enjoys the movie because a fan of anything is anyone who enjoys it and champions it and loves it so i don't say casual fan but the 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 fan of the films it would have been too deep into star wars lore for them to really go along with it um but there was going to be a lot of differences instead of which is a thing you know especially with all the side projects going on where it is for the fans for the lore Right. Instead of the dagger that they used to find, you know, the Sith Wayfinder, that would have been the dagger of Mortis, which was a, an artifact that was carried by the brother. That was his weapon, you know. So it was going to get super deep into that stuff. But also, it definitely, I, I think I would have enjoyed the character development that they were doing for the characters in that more so than I did in The Rise of Skywalker. However, I still think that the, the story that they would have given us would have had just as many detractors, just as much complaining. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you sit on. Whether you would have preferred Duel of the Fates or you preferred Rise of the Skywalker, it still probably would have been a 50-50 split in the end. I read that. I, I read through that script, and I, I've watched a lot of videos that break it down and stuff like that. I, I probably wouldn't have been happy with that one either. So no matter which way they went. And the big reason for, for this is that that script heavily involved Leia, and they just couldn't make that happen with Colin Trevor's script and he was not willing to put the work in I guess to change it and he was just having some fights obviously we know that Kathleen Kennedy was the one who said you have to bring back Palpatine and he just wasn't willing to shoehorn that into his script he didn't want to tell that story so he he walked away mutual split and J.J. Abrams came in, took over, was willing to was willing to throw that was willing to throw classic that into, Hollywood it business is. creative. It is, it, it, you know, these things happen. It's going to happen, and obviously, what the and biggest- we've seen from Disney that like losing directors and stuff isn't the end of, of anything because we know that we know that uh, Doctor Strange Two: Multiverse of Madness sure. has lost its director. So you I know, know, I know. There, there's there's a lot of I mean, it happens all the time now. Where and I actually prefer it. I prefer it for a creator and and for a company to go. You're not meeting with what our vision is, and you know you or or we're not meeting what you want to do, and everyone just parts ways. I enjoy that more than forcing somebody to do something they don't like. We've seen what what ha- they did that with Fox movies for a long time. You know, we saw the way X Men Origins Wolverine turned out, where Gavin Hood, a fantastic director, fantastic writer, comes in to tell a very human story. He he wanted to tell a story much like Logan became that. James Mangold made but in the end the studio jumped in and and had too much to do with it and no one walked away no one parted ways there and it just wound up making a terrible movie where I think if you bring in someone else who's on board with you if you have things that like I'm not going to move on this position this is going to be the story that we want to tell as a studio can you can you do that 
And if the film creator says no, then it's it's fine to for, to walk away. I don't of course. I, at this point, it's now become like when I see delays, like oh, this this video game's delayed, this TV series is delayed, which we'll get into next. I don't I don't I don't get afraid for it anymore because I, I feel I like it's now are, more time to make it better. Sure, sure. I think people are no longer afraid of that kind of stuff because in, initially, way back when, before all the social media and technology. People were not aware of right. all the little nuances that were behind the scenes well, we of making about, movies. We've talked about it before. You so know, reshoots it, are almost on every film, you, you know, especially I mean, big movies. Gone are the days where we knew- It's not necessarily a bad thing. Gone are the days when we knew a movie was coming out three months before it came out because we saw a trailer for it in the right, movie theater. Right, right. Th- those days are gone. Boy, the way the Bee Gees played. Movies John Travolta made. Guessing how much Elvis weighed. Those were the days. Disco Duck and Fleetwood Mac. Coming out of my A-track. Michael Jackson's still was black. Those were the days. I do miss that. Right? <laughs> that feeling, you know? Ugh. Next news story. All right, Jay, the Obi-Wan series has had a production delay. So uncivilized. However, Ewan McGregor says he does not believe that it's going to affect the release date of it. They are not going back to the full drawing board, but they are going back and they are going to tighten the script up. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Ewan McGregor says he was very happy with the scripts that he's already read through and everything like that. But if they want to take the time to refine everything, I think what they want to do is something is going on in Star Wars canon that they want to fit into it. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I think they're trying to rethink the possibilities of linking the other side series with other series possibly or at least just having that kind of uh, breadcrumbs. I love how you in. so casually say series is as if that's a word. Series. Shut up. Series is series. already plural. All right. Breadcrumbs. Bread. That's yeah. what they're trying I to do. I think that's exactly I think they're they trying to work in breadcrumbs. That's really all it is. I think you're right. Next news story. So we've talked about Bill Murray being in Ghostbusters Afterlife a bunch, so much so that we all pretty much just assumed it was a fact that he was going to be in it. But it wasn't until a Vanity Fair article came out back last week that it was confirmed that he was going to be in it. They did an interview with Bill Murray on the set. Apparently, they could not talk about anything that was going on. The interviewer had to sign a non-disclosure agreement about everything they saw there while interviewing Bill Murray. However, you know, Bill Murray is on board with the script. He's on board with the story. He's enjoying mm-hmm. everything that, that the, the way that it's going. And it was the script that got him back there and to do it. Uh, they did mention that uh, Bill Murray may or may not have been in a flight suit while doing that interview, which would make you believe that he does at some point don a costume again in the story. And the interview that that was taking place, what was going on in the background was apparently a major action scene that takes place during the climax of the film, okay. which is why they were not allowed to talk about it. But they did mention that there were some people around there that very much had a lot to do with the old Ghostbusters. So Ghostbusters. It just sounds like it's all fan service this film and I'm okay with that. That's the only way that you're going to make money on this movie is to just be fan servicey. You know, I I think that's part of the reason why 2016 Ghostbusters wasn't because it wasn't fan servicey enough. It didn't it didn't get you know the geek boys pants stirring, you know. So um, True that true that and i i'm still very excited for uh for ghostbusters afterlife it's still my number one movie that i'm looking forward to in 2020 and hearing that bill murray is at least 
sold on it enough to show up <laughs> is enough for me. Suck in the guts, guys, with the Ghostbusters. Next news story. RJ, speaking of long-awaited sequels or movies that have lied dormant, this one has me definitely a little apprehensive, trepidatious, to be sure. Let's hear it. Universal is partnering with Bloomhouse Films oh, baby. to reboot John Carpenter's The Thing. Checkmate. Checkmate. Cute bitch. Well, my well opinion well is... Well Your opinion is... It's, these things are going to happen. It's only a matter of time, and I'm actually kind of happy that it's Blumhouse Productions behind it. Jay, there was the rumor we talked about I a few weeks... I think they're a good fit, Dave. There's a rumor we talked about a few weeks ago that Jaws is getting a reboot where... I don't know how that's even possible. <laughs> That's the problem. There's certain things where, like, well, I just let's can't think about see Universal Slate. Let's think about Universal Slate. They lost the they lost the the monster movie, you know, franchise. They were building the dark universe and everything like that. They lost that. They've got Fast and Furious going strong, and yeah. they've got a Jurassic World three coming out. They don't really have a set release date for it yet. I believe it's 2021, but. You know, there's there, a lot of their stuff is coming down the pipeline. It's not coming out soon. So um, I, they need to rely on the properties that they own. And I completely understand that. But at the same time, like you're messing with like Universal Studios is such a legacy. Like the the legacy of film that they've built up over the years is so is so fantastic. But some of this stuff is so classic that you don't fuck with it. Right. Like. You brought Jurassic Park back, and that was at the very end of when that was possible to do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. if they waited 10 more years to bring Jurassic Park back, they would have had to reboot it, but they did it in a way where it fit into the old universe. Some would say too fan servicey and everything like that, but now you're, you're talking about rebooting Jaws. Why reboot what is widely considered one of the best films of all time? Right, and what do you end do? Make a CGI fucking shark? I, that's exactly it. Right, like, like you, come on, you ruin the charm of what made that so great. And it's the same thing with the thin with the thing. Now, a lot of people may not see it as one of the greatest films of all time, but definitely for cult film fans like myself, like Mark, who does cult movie cult, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people who are big horror movie fans, the thing is a shining beacon of the possibility of practical effects. And we saw what happened when they did the 2011 prequel to it, and they added CGI to it. It didn't have the same magic. It wasn't only that, but it it, it just didn't f it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel right to go back to something that was done so well the first time. Why why do the formula over again? Now I do want to say that this film is not a complete reboot of John Carpenter's The Thing. So it is going to be a a movie that is based more on the novella Who Goes There rather than John Carpenter's film. So th they they will have that going for it. But honestly, don't fuck with. It, man just just leave it alone nobody trusts anybody now there's nothing else i can do just wait next news story all right jay so we know last year we got bumblebee which was actually for me uh, I, I, I have not liked the Transformers franchise really since Transformers original movie. That's sure, the last sure. one I liked. Me too. Uh, Bumblebee, I felt, was like a breath of fresh air to the franchise. I really enjoyed its blend of comedy, its cuteness. I still haven't seen it. it it's free on Hulu. And you have I know. Hulu I just haven't gotten around to it. But it, it did feel like kind of like a cutesy story that takes place in like the Transformers universe and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I liked the character of Bumblebee. And I, I just I didn't think it was any type of masterpiece or anything like that. But I had fun with it. It was whatever. They're not done with it yet, though, Jay. They're bringing it. They're bringing it back. 
Paramount Pictures, you know, wants to develop two new Transformers franchises. They have two scripts in the work. One of them that is a big rumor, but apparently there's enough evidence that that they're doing news stories on it now, is they're going to be developing Transformers Beast Wars. into its own franchise. Now, Beast Wars was a cartoon that existed between 1996 and 1998, and it reimagined the story of the Transformers, but instead of them crashing in contemporary times and becoming transplants and automobiles, all that stuff, you know, the reboot of it would be them going into prehistoric times. Oh, God. Megatron is a giant T-Rex, and Optimus Prime is a silverback gorilla, and, you know, <laughs> it's a good time. This was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. I loved Beast Beast Wars, man. I fucking loved this show. Did you? It was on at like 6.30 in the morning, just when you're like getting ready for school and stuff like that. So it was the cartoon that I watched while I was eating like Lucky Charms and shit and like just watching Ew. watching this. So I'm actually looking forward to this. I kind of like the idea of this. And the, the cool thing is like they're still not sure or saying whether it's going to tie into this new Bumblebee universe, whether Bumblebee is its own universe yet. They're still playing I think with it is. The, yeah, they're, they're still playing with their formula here now where where they're not sure whether everything's going to be one universe going I never, forward. I never heard bad things about it. I just heard it was either fine, it's fine. or it was good. It's exactly what it is. It's fine. Hey, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. You know what fine stands for, Wade? Fucked up, insecure, needy, and emotional. According to the... Kubler-Ross? Yeah. According to the Kubler-Ross model, denial is just one of the five stages of grief. Jesus Christ, Buck. No more speaking lines for you. But it's not fine. bad, not great, just, you know, mixture between fine and good. Generic action <laughs> with some solid CGI. That's that's what you got from it. Yeah, well, it, but, but not the bloatedness. And John Cena. No, not no. Not the empty bloatedness not the two and a half of, hour of, epic of the Michael you, Bay shit. You know why you knew what was going on, Jack? Because you were following one Transformer. And you knew, and he's bright and yellow. And you knew that that was him in that fight against the red one. And less and, big and shiny, a little bit right. more grounded. Exactly. But like the reason, no, more big and shiny, I would say. But like the reason it worked is because they're following the Gen 1 Transformers in Bumblebee, which were all far more brightly colored. It was less realistic. It was a little bit more cartoonish and stuff like that. And I think that that lended to the Transformers uh, property more so than a lot, than, you know, two three and four five of yeah. michael bay's you know other than one i still enjoy one but I, I look forward to this i look forward to seeing what they're going to do because transformers is a property that i grew up with as a kid and i still i want to root for it i don't want bad things for it i never want a bad movie to be made so i don't want to sit here and say paramount pictures you're fucking nuts you know leave this beast wars things thing alone but in the end it's like paramount doesn't have too many exactly. options for if making you can, money if you can make this work Make it work. Yeah. I'm, I'm super happy with that. Next news story. All right, Jay, we're getting close to the end here, but let's uh, get into Captain Marvel 2 announces it's aiming for a 2022 release. However, they are looking for new directors for it. So. I'm not surprised. No, I'm not either. I think um, I think disappointed, obviously, because I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, the, 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 the guy and the girl that directed captain marvel has done mississippi grind and he did half nelson and those little indie movies i loved and they just did not know how to deal with i think uh 
Half Nelson's one of my. I, I've talked to you about a bigger movie. It's one of my favorite. It's Gosling one, movies. Gosling movies. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, love it's, it. It's really good with a with a soundtrack done by Broken Social Scene. But you're talking about uh, Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck. Is, is yes, who you're, thank is you. Who you're thank talking you. about. Um, yeah, I you know I understand why they're not being brought back. I don't think that their sentiments allowed for a big action blockbuster, uh, given their filmography and everything like that. But also, I, I think the film lacked a lot. I wanted to like. It makes me wonder if it was. I wanted to like Carol. What rushed? It did. In some it way. felt rushed. I wanted to like Carol but a whole I was, lot more. I just expected so much more because I knew how important and powerful of a character she was. You especially ex- leading up to Endgame. You I expected was, to walk out of Captain Marvel uh, feeling like you did when you walked out of Wonder Woman. It's exactly and, and right. And it's Thank unfair you. of us. to And we talked it. about this an episode or two ago. It's unfair of us to compare them in that way or anything like that, sure. or to expect just because you're putting a female lead. In, but I in, will. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and just because they're putting a female lead in doesn't mean it has to knock it out of the park all the time. It's all about, it is all about inclusion and everything like that. Like we want to see, we want to see more variety portrayed on the screen and everything like that but when it's done like i just want every movie to be to be great and i'm i'm going to point out the parts that are and really in the end i think that the climax of the captain marvel movie is is where is where it fails you know and uh, i don't and i don't feel like i in, got to know in many ways it did i don't think me. i got to know who carol was as a person enough and i don't think they gave her enough time in endgame for me to get a good sense of who she was either yeah not really right and there's a lot of people who uh, i would say <sighs> Gosh, I, I really don't know. I mean, she she doesn't really have to have. She's kind of like a Captain America esque, where she's very like straight. No, one I note wanted her to be that because Captain America is not one note. I mean, when you get into his solo films, there's a lot of in depth character moments that you get with him, but you don't get them here with Captain Marvel. Right, they weren't there. But I think typically. That's what that character was, but they added layers and depth to Captain America, but they didn't do it with Captain Marvel, and that's and, what everybody was expecting and wanting. And here's what we talked about before. I look at Captain Marvel, the, the first one that came out last year, and I look at Captain America, the first Avenger, and I go, it's a great idea for the character. And it's kind of in the direction you want them to go, but there's not enough character moments, not enough, not enough in depth to to really make you fall in love with the movie or the character. But by the time you got to Winter Soldier, Joe Johnston, he wasn't coming back for it, and they got into what made Captain America so special in the MCU. They got into the intrigue, they got into the in depth nature mm-hmm. of him, they got into his political beliefs and and his stance on everything and stuff, and that's where you, his character began to get flushed out. I think that they're going to try to do the same thing here with Carol Danvers. I think the second one's going to be a far better film than the first one. I think oh, they, can, they can only go up from here. Starting starting with a new director I don't want to say it was that bad, but like they really can't do any worse than what they did. It was it was on your <laughs> most Captain disappointed Marvel. list it, it for was, 2019. It really was. It really was. Next news story. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Their premiere date has now been reported to be August of 2020. Zing! And I am so excited for this. Uh, this you know, and WandaVision, man, I'm stoked. So and they're going to be completely different shows. WandaVision actually it. got bumped up in production because of apparently, you know, a lot of its story points moving into the MCU going further are going to, it's it's basically setting a lot of seeds. And, and, Falcon, and to be honest, it's a cheaper show to make because I think it's going to be- It's also in six episodes. Be, Right, it's very All it's very tight, it's very taut, and it, I think it's going to be a lot of a shot in studio. So, like, it's going to be pretty. Uh, it's going to be a, a quick a, a quicker shoot. 
Yeah, put it that way. But what has me really excited for Falcon Winter Soldier is the fact that we've gotten some set photos of Wyatt Russell, you know, the son of the fantastic Kurt Russell playing Walker, who is he's playing the new Captain America, essentially. And we actually know that the shield he's holding in those pictures is Captain America's shield because it has the four notches in it that were in the shield that Mm -hmm. he gave to Sam. So at some point, we know that the U.S. government must either replicate it down to a T or take the, the shield because it is owned by the U.S. government uh, from Sam and give it to him who will go on to be the U.S. agent but here he's playing Captain America but there's a lot of fun little nods to to who U.S. agent is like the costume that he's wearing is very reminiscent of Captain America however uh, it has the A up over top of his right shoulder and it's got the stripes going down in like a square pattern and it's very reminiscent go look up pictures of U.S. agent and instead of black replace blue because his character always wore black red white and blue uh but in here it's red white and blue and stuff like that and i'm looking forward to this because it gives me a little bit of intrigue that's like that's a big marvel deep cut is to be like oh that was that was big we're bringing in u.s agent and by the way it's one of dave's favorite up-and-coming young actors wyatt russell i know this is this is big i love really big so like he's the only thing that i liked in goon 2 but also he was fantastic in overlord which was on my list for top films of 2019 i've seen him in a couple things usually he plays he was in that, like an angry guy or like a stoner hippie dude. He was, you know, a couple of things. He was in that Richard Linklater baseball movie, which I can't remember the name of right now. I'm sure you're going to look it up, but uh, it, it it doesn't matter. I, he wasn't a big role in that. But what I really, you know, loved him in was everybody wants some. I want some too. Uh, so, 2016 movie. Yep. So he, but he was also in that Black Mirror episode where he played the guy who went into the video game, and it was one of my the only Black Mirror episodes that I liked that season. Like that that it came back and it became a solely Netflix produced show. He's so. choosing good projects. He is. He's really doing it. He's right. getting himself into. He's getting himself into like geek stuff, but he's also getting himself into culty sure. stuff. And you know, I like it. He's I, he's really no. I'll tell you, I'm I, I, I'm I like giving him, him. I'm giving him a lot of credit for picking and choosing projects uh, the right way a lot of diverse stuff a lot of interesting stuff small stuff bigger stuff that's the way you got to do it i'm excited to see him in in captain america and and he's good he's not just some actor's kid right right? like he's a good actor no and and that's that's what gets me and he's also like what i loved him about him being in goon 2 was that he was a hockey player he was a college hockey player so like he he knew how to skate. He knew he he knew more about playing hockey than most of the people did that were filming that movie, which was which was great. But yeah, I, I really like him as as a personality, as a person and stuff like that. So I look forward to seeing him added to the MCU. I like what adding him because the US agent has both been a anti-hero, hero, villain. Like he's had multiple roles within Marvel Comics that I'll be excited to see how they develop his character going forward. I wondered at some point, Jay, whether they were kind of setting us up for like a West Coast Avengers type thing where like an Avengers B squad where he would be the Captain America role on that team. But we'll have to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier to get out. But it has so many implications that I'm I'm extremely excited for it. Guys, look, I'd love to keep this up, but I've only got one job here today, and I got to impress Mr. Stark. So I'm really sorry. What? You couldn't have done that earlier. I hate you. Next news story. RJ, final two news stories, and this one fills me with so much joy. (laughs) I am absolutely in love with this because it is Gibson, Glover, and Richard Donner returning for Lethal Weapon 5. (laughs) 
can't believe it, and I love it. I know. Just love tell, it. Just tell me Shane Black is writing it, and I'm on board. Like <sighs> Richard Donner's directing, great. At least co-write. Do something. Be a part of it. Executive produce. Whatever. Whatever. But I'm excited for this. Why am I excited when I just gave a whole bunch you of shit what? for Universal? Honest, there's no way that they wouldn't have been a part of this movie if it, if the script wasn't good. I really do believe that. I don't believe that at all. I no? believe uh, I've seen some films that Danny Glover's been making over the years. I yeah, think he just wants and a Mel bit. might be just trying to get something back into Hollywood. Mel is always trying to fund his next directing project. Always. All right. Then I'm completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. So this could be terrible, Jay. It could be absolutely awful. However, my love for Lethal Weapon 1 and I know, Lethal Weapon me too, 2. Me too. I'm and all about it. Having to see Lethal Weapon get absolutely trashed with the fucking Fox television show that they were doing for, for so long. I, I, I just want this back. I want it back. Now, I hated Lethal Weapon 3 and Lethal Weapon 4. I'm not huge fans of them. But this, I don't know why. But like, I feel like it could be a lot of fun. I like who Mel Gibson is now. I like the roles he picks. I like the roles he plays in things. Hell, I even like Daddy's Home too. I didn't like the movie. However, I liked him in it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I just... I, I like him as a personality. Yeah, I, I know. He's a horrible, bigotist drunk who screams racial profanities in the back of a cop car. Oh, you sure are a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think I'm crazy? Yeah. You calling me crazy? crazy? You think yeah. I'm crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah you want to see crazy? I'll show you. <laughs> but at the same time, separate art from artist i like who we the characters he portrays on screen and i i just like this franchise and i'm glad that it's not dead look if die hard doesn't die then lethal weapon shouldn't die either though that's that's my thought process i agree if you're still gonna I be agree. pumping out you know bald asshole bruce willis fucking movies then why not continue racist ass mel gibson doing his action franchise too um I'm all for it. The question is, uh, no announcement whether Joe Pesci will be involved as Leo gets, whether they'll have to do as much age uh, <laughs> regression <laughs> as they did for his role in The Irishman, or whether Chris Rock will be involved because he was a big part of Lethal Weapon 4 and stuff like that. We'll just have to wait and see. But I am excited for this. The only thing that could make me more excited for this is to tell me that Shane Black is coming back to pen the script. Next news story. <laughs> Jay, final news story. I sent. Th I saved this for the end because this is one of our favorite things to discuss. This is more Hollywood business. And we started the show talking about how streaming services were going to replace you know, cable television and the way we watch movies. Here we are three yes. years along in the show. And, and we were right. There is now so many streaming services that you never actually need to turn to your cable box ever at all for any reason. If you never even want to leave your house, you can still enjoy movies. So we were right in our assumptions back then. That yeah, it's Hollywood, true. Hollywood climate has changed. Uh, and Very quickly. And and we weren't like some guys who were coming up with that, and, and we weren't the first to to talk about stuff like that. Well, but we were we were one of the first ones to be firm believers in that, and that that was the course that it was going to go. Well, what if I told you that one of the most storied movie studios in all of history might possibly be bought out by a streaming service very soon you shared this news story with me i did uh so netflix and apple are in talks metro goldwyn to purchase mgm studios and acquire films like bond and rocky yeah it's big news if it, especially if it this, happens this, right this 
this really kind of fucks with me a lot. It like, does. I have a lot of mixed emotions about this. I mean, it's so, one of those kind of things where, like, well, here's the thing. We right, so we know that I'm not MG, surprised. We know that for the last but, Bond movie, we did a news story, God, almost two years ago, mm-hmm. that they. Oh no, it was before this new one is filming. Now they couldn't find anyone to distribute it. They couldn't find a distributor for it. You know, MGM was was making the movie, but they they couldn't find anyone to distribute. I think they had ended up going with Paramount Pictures or Sony Pictures, one of the two, I, to distribute it worldwide. Yeah, one, of, one of them. Yep. So like they are they they are a studio that can't afford to distribute themselves any longer. Like that's well, that, I'm not surprised at all. That's about the that dire, part. but that's that the part of dire it is, nature. It takes that a lot in. of political power. I know, and other stuff, but and money. <laughs> but that's the dire nature that they are in. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. They, yes. They 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 don't stand toe to toe with any of the big three or it's four. all it's all crusty Hollywood execs that are holding on to that MGM stuff and, and but this is a big deal because they've talked about doing a they're creed. dying yeah I know, I know. they talked they're about doing a, bleeding out a Creed three which now if this buyout happens before that is in is which in again doesn't really make too much sense no. in the whole but that would go directly universe. to to Apple TV or to or to Netflix that would be a direct to Netflix film think about that. A, a, a movie with Michael B. Jordan really that had two literal really blockbuster hits would now be coming to there. And any Bond like going forward. That's even bigger. Could possibly be a streaming service thing. Now, do you worry that that might water down your Bond films? We know yeah. that this is supposedly the the end lo- of Daniel Craig. And they, we know they're going to be rebooting Bond after this, most likely. Which oh, will be well, about of course, and that's five the, years down the line. That's the evolution of it. And, that, and that's what I like. It's always been, yeah. But it's... <sighs> As long as I can see it in theaters at some point, well, and the fact that they keep up with the same pattern of all the other band, bonds, as far as we like will every say three years or so, you get a new just film, because just like just like MGM like four or five movies each, and that's it. Just like MGM needs to need needed to find someone to distribute it. It doesn't mean that Netflix still can't produce these movies and then find someone to distribute it to theaters for it to have sole streaming life true, rights on their true. on their platform later on. Well, no, so they have the power to. Put the movie out as long as it they did. want. The, I mean, the, Irish, did. the Irishman had a had a wide release. Thirty. Uh, what was it? Only like, for a month. Yeah, it was. It was, it was not for a long month. at all. And it was like it was like a thousand screens or something. And like Scorsese that. had to negotiate that. Yeah, like that was in the contract. So that's that just goes to show that they really don't want to put it in the theaters at all. No, no and they I, only want to do it specifically only for awards con- uh, awards consideration, and that's it. So, you know. <laughs> the fact that Scorsese was only able to get a month and it barely came out to our local theater, fuck. It was there. Uh, it was there. I, yeah, I balked on seeing it. Not long. No. Not long at all. But I, I, I'm i interested by this because they're starting small with their purchasing of big properties and stuff like that. But once they start gaining, I, like, I do think that the streaming service is a steam engine I think that I, once it gets I, up to I, speed, I, is going to go forward. I know, I know, you know, Netflix is the big dick swinging guy, um, but Apple is, you know, not swinging. They just have a bigger dick. <laughs> you know, they have more money. You know, and I think they, if they really do want to pack a punch and and start breaking the mold a little bit and start standing out a little bit more, I think they have to kind of go out on a limb and, right. and buy those guys. So I mean, I really do. If, I, if that was that would be my. It's a deeper discussion that I would love to have with people 
online. I, so I, I need to know a little bit more information. That's oh, that's yeah. all we pretty much got. What we just talked about was pretty much all that's been unveiled. Yeah, I for mean, the most part. The, the article we read on Collider is it's very brief. It's less than four hundred words. It's not a big article at all. But I do want to know. Still in the works. It's very early. I do want to know other people's opinions. But this is the way the news story started breaking that Disney was looking to acquire Lucasfilm for you know a couple billion dollars and here we are now sitting five years Worth after the that investment per- look what they've done with it S- sitting here years after that investment 2013 that investment went through the they purchased that and now we just got the final film of star Fuck, wars there's a whole goddamn theme park now and you were on it to this year oh, i mean jesus so good but i mean like if if they purchase this it it means it's changing how we view even like the properties that have been mainstays in the theaters as well. Rocky and James Bond are huge properties that have been in the theaters for years. And that's, years. that's what really breaks my heart because is, that there's, a, there's a certain kind of but this myth is, and idea. It's almost like star Wars going straight to streaming or something. And like I want to say like this, you, there's no it guarantee have that same feeling. It's just no guarantee just feels wrong that they are purchasing all of MGM. Number one, they're looking to purchase certain properties from MGM. Possibly it, everything. It's and still secondly, up in consideration. There yeah. is no guarantee that they're going to be making movies movies out of that you, you're you sure. could you could be getting a boxing tv show that takes place in the rocky it universe could, it could be anything you very well could be getting a james bond series a james bond miniseries that takes uh, place knows? in that universe and they has could do james whatever bond. the fuck they right. want because jack ryan is now a, a fantastic show on amazon prime sure well and i actually think that that was a strike uh, like like a like a strong move on their behalf i think that was the right move to do it because i think you know I'll, i think they played a la homeland style where like they had a big story there's a lot of things that you can do with it you can go international with it like there's a lot you can say with Espionage the Jack intrigue. Ryan, you know world and you yeah. technically yeah you can do that with a bond movie too however that's not james bond movies you 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 can't rob us of everything. <laughs> Slowly but surely, Slowly Jay, but surely they are. They are. And they hopefully are. I'm dead. <laughs> but you and me are different. I enjoy watching movies at home more so than I like going to the theaters. I mm. do believe that things like 1917 and big and big blockbusters need to be seen in the theaters first. However, I don't mind watching smaller films I know. And enjoying them at home. I know. So, look, I'm I I like it's a options, big Dave. I like options. I like being able to have the choice to go to, to you know to the theater and see certain movies because there are certain movies that I definitely want to fucking see in the theater. And certain movies I I don't really care to see in the theater. I I can easily just go home and watch it at home, and it's fine. We, you know, we will definitely follow this story with great interest because this is a type of stuff oh, that yeah. interests you and I. Greatly. This is just breaking news. So. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers today. If we would like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social medias. Jay is over on our Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast over there. Uh, I have run the Twitter. That is at Super Movie Pod on Twitter. We also have us over on the Instagram. It's Super underscore Movie underscore Bros on Instagram. And of course, if you're enjoying this show and you would like to get more content, please consider joining our Patreon. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash super movie bros a podcast and of course if you are enjoying the show but you don't want to support the show monetarily through our patreon you can just 
head over to your favorite podcatcher that you're listening to us on. You can subscribe so you can catch us every week so you don't miss things like when we do a two-port episode like we did this week. And also leave us a review there if they allow you to leave reviews. Every review helps, helps us get seen, helps helps put us on those charts so other people can find us and it helps the show grow. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.